Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I want us to continue with our thoughts concerning anger. Be angry and do not sin. Now this morning we noticed that anger is from God. It's one of the emotions that God gave us. God is an emotional being. And as an emotional being, He uh, endued us with those same emotions. When He breathed into Adam, He became a living soul. That word is a word that means the seat of the emotions. God planted emotions inside of us. And therefore, He wants us to use those emotions because they are from Him. They represent Him and they do great things for us. And we talked about those this morning. We want to talk about the idea tonight of anger as it's found here in Ephesians chapter 4. Because even though the text says, be angry, it also says, and do not sin. And so this evening we get the second part of that. I think, first of all, by way of interest, there's only one place in Scripture, at least that I could find, where the Bible says that Jesus was angry. And that was in Mark chapter 3. In the first six verses, Jesus is there on the Sabbath in the synagogue, and the people are standing around, and, and they're noticing, what is He going to do? There's a man over here who is lame or crippled and needs to be healed, and they're all noticing, what's He going to do? And of course, Jesus is going to heal him. They're upset with Him already, but they think He's violating the Sabbath by doing that. And the Bible says of Jesus, and He looked at them in anger. Here's what I know. Jesus was angry. Here's something else I know. Jesus did not sin. Therefore, it is up to us to understand that when God says, be angry, but do not sin, He wants us to recognize anger as Jesus did. I want you now to turn with me to the text that was read in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. And I want to pick up one more verse in this text. Down at verse 30, I want you to notice what may in fact, and I had not, again, considered this as deeply, it may very well be that the things that he mentions in this immediate context all are there in reference to verse number 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The context of our text says that we are not to grieve the Holy Spirit. The word grieve, I know what that means. The word grieve means don't cause to be sad. Again, God is an emotional being. And so to see Him through the Spirit grieving or being sad just makes sense, doesn't it? 
And I want you to notice with me what he says in this text about not grieving the Spirit, the context of the things that we are discussing. He says, first of all, in verse number 25, lying grieves the Spirit. So he is sad when we lie, and so he says instead, speak truth. You can lie, or you can speak truth. Lying will grieve the Holy Spirit. Number two, be angry. But that doesn't grieve the Spirit. The Spirit is grieved when we are angry and we sin. Notice the next verse, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Wrath is what grieves the Spirit. Notice next, stealing grieves the Spirit. He says instead of stealing, you're supposed to labor. You're supposed to work with your hands so that you don't steal from somebody else. And finally, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what? Speak that which edifies. And as I was thinking about these things today, this is the context in which we find the statement that we are considering, be angry and do not sin. I want you to notice the context is very interesting. It is a picture of, at least in my life, what it was to be a parent with children and probably the same with you. What are the kinds of things that parents were all, are always dealing with their young children? What is it they're always saying? Don't you lie to me. <laughs> Don't you lie to me. You tell me the truth. And, and you better not lie because if you lie, you're in trouble. But if you don't admit the truth, you're in trouble again. Don't you lie to me. Tell the truth. Parents are always saying to their children, don't you lash out. You better control that temper. Don't you hit somebody. You shouldn't reach out and do that. Don't be pulling hair. Don't be spitting at people. It's anger. It's wrath. Parents are always trying to get their children to say or to stop being so angry that they hurt somebody else. When you take your children to the store and you get up to the counter and you're about to pay for everything and then all of a sudden you find other things that you didn't order, you didn't want, your child grabbed it. Well, at least you caught it, right? What happens if you get out to the car and as you're putting your child into the vehicle, the child reaches in a pocket and pulls out something that they stole don't you jump in and say, wait a minute, you're not going to steal. We're going to march you back in there and you're going to face up to this. A child might even have to go home and do some extra chores to pay for what was trying to be stolen. Don't steal. Labor. And what parent is it that has not had to deal with his or her children as it relates to Words that they say. You better speak nicely. We correct our children and we say, you say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And you don't say ugly words and bad words. You see, 
The things that grieve the Spirit of God are the very things that parents are constantly working with their little children to fix. God is our Father, and He knows just like children. We need these basic reminders, these basic things that help us to be better children. One of those is... Be angry, but do not sin. Now, we continue to think about this concept of anger. Let us stay there in Ephesians 4. You can just leave your text there. And we're going to think about some things to help us understand anger. One of the things that I'm going to notice, I want us to think about, anger is something that we must control. He says, be angry, do not sin. I said this morning, have you ever said or have you ever thought, oh, that just makes me angry? Well, that's not exactly true. It might be a situation where you choose to be angry, but to say that you can make me angry and that I can blame it on you would not be accurate. God, in fact, says, don't do that. You be angry, but you do not sin. What is it then that grieves the Spirit about anger? What is it about anger that causes the Holy Spirit to be sad? Let me suggest it this way. Based on the text, and I want to show you something here that for me was fascinating. Anger is a sin when it is out of place. Now that's when it's sin. How do I know if God says, be angry but do not sin, how am I going to know when I have sinned? When it is out of place. So if I keep anger where it's supposed to be and don't let it go where it's not supposed to be, then I'm okay, right? Because it stays in place. The text before us, verse 26, be angry. The base word there, uh, or gizzo, is a word that refers to anger in a lot of different ways. But every single time that word is used, it has a connection to God. That is, it has it's built on the idea of violating a principle or an idea of God. It's always a God word. And it should be kept in the place of God. If you go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse number 19, we find this idea and we also find a phrase that we're going to notice in Ephesians 4 that occurs there in Romans 12. Starting in verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Then notice, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Is this verse saying, give place to wrath? 
Is he saying something like this as way of illustration? We're going to a movie, let's say. Boy, do you remember going to one? You remember the last time you went to a theater for a movie? Oh, that's coming maybe someday. But you're going to a theater and it's going to be full and you want to save a place for someone. Is that what he's saying? Save a place for wrath. Be sure it's right there. I don't think that's what he's saying. It says give place. Put it in its proper place. Put it where it belongs. Anger is God's realm. Anger, when it's in its proper place, anger keeps the door shut for God to open how he's going to deal with things. Remember that. God says, I will repay. Vengeance is mine. Don't avenge yourselves. Don't do that. When we are angry and we leave it with God, either for God to deal with or for me to deal with properly, that's God opening the door for anger. place is found right here in Ephesians 4. And I want you to notice the terminology based upon what we just read in Romans chapter 12. Verse 26, 27 that is, nor give place to the devil. Anger is in an improper place when we open the door to let the devil in. That is when sin takes place. Anger is an emotion. And to some degree, it's not something that can be avoided. It wells up. It's, a, it's an immediate situation. I control it because some people don't get mad at all. Some don't get angry at anything. Some are very angry. But there's a control factor on my side. I don't need to blame you. But, but the idea is that if I leave my use of anger to God opening the door to do what I should do, isn't that reminiscent of 1 Corinthians when Paul said, there is no temptation overcome you, but that which is common to all, but God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape to bear it. God opens the doors. We have to go through. If I let God open the door to anger and then I deal with it in his way or let him have the final say in the, just, or the, the justice and the vengeance then that's the proper place. But if I open the door, then I'm giving a place, inviting Satan into my life. So what is the improper place? Where is anger out of place? Let me give you these seven ideas to help us understand when sin 
is at the door that we have opened to allow Satan to come in. It is out of place. In the first place, sin is out of place, or anger is out of place, when you always keep it close beside you. I said that the base word for anger, that God's word is orgidzo. This word, when he says in verse number 26, be angry, orgidzo, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, para orgidzo. Now here's what that means. This is anger that is close at hand. This is anger that's right here. This is anger that you just pull out of your pocket. You know the statement that says they have a chip on their shoulder and just daring somebody to knock it off? That's this idea. Anger that is close beside you. That you are ready every time, always looking for a fight, always ready to jump and holler, always upset, just ready to fight. That's an improper place. The idea is used, same word is used without the, the uh, prefix, but it's the same word in, in Titus 1 and verse 7 about men who are appointed to be elders in the Lord's church. They must not be quick Tempered. Elders don't have anger in their pockets, ready to pull out and throw at somebody. They don't have a chip on their shoulder just daring you to knock it off. They're not out looking to pick a fight. And a Christian who has anger that close to him, that close beside him or her, has opened the door to Satan. And sin is mighty close by. Number two, anger is out of place when it is in your sleep cycle. What? What did he say? Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Sleep, according to the wise man, Proverbs 3 and in 4, is a gift from God. Sleep repairs the body. Sleep relaxes. Sleep lets us recharge. Sleep gets us ready for the next day. What is he saying in this passage then? He is saying that if you let anger go to bed with you, if you let anger be a part of you while you are sleeping... You won't sleep well. And when you don't sleep well, you open the door to Satan. Because when we don't get good sleep, we're edgy. How many times have parents looked at a child and said, Oh, oh I see it. This child's tired. They're starting to come undone. They're starting to lose it. Starting to have some problems. And the parents always relate it to the sleep. Okay, time to get into bed, calm them down. You see, that's what Paul is saying. In order to have a life where we're able to think and function properly, we need to sleep well. But if we take anger to bed with us, we won't sleep well. And that tomorrow will open the door for Satan 
to come in. Number three, anger is always out of place when it comes to church. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 22, if you come to the altar and bring your gift and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your altar there, or gift there, and go and be reconciled to your brother. What's he saying? You can't worship God in anger. You cannot sit and worship God when you're harboring anger in your heart towards another person. Or even if you're harboring anger in your heart toward yourself. You can't worship God as God deserves. It is improper. It is out of place when anger comes to church. Anger has destroyed churches. Splitting them. Dividing them into factions that war against each other. It's out of place when anger comes to church. Number four, anger is out of place when you take the law into your own hands. In Romans 13, 4 and 5, God reminded the people that the, the government is the arm of God to administer His punishment. It is not my place to take the law into my own hands. And yet anger has done that many times. Think of the number of people who, because of road rage, experience a crime. Because of road rage, some people have stopped gotten out of their cars and shot somebody because that person did something to them that was wrong. And if it's a crime against you, a crime where someone steals something from you, it's not your job to go hunt them down and to exact punishment out of them. That's the job of the government. But some people in their anger, in their wrath that is close beside them, they take the law into their own hands. And when we do that, the door is open to Satan. Another one is, anger is out of place in prayer. It's out of place. How do you pray to God while you are angry with someone else? How do you pray to God when you're seething on the inside because you can't let go of something that has been an injustice done in your life? How is that possible? In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 8, the text says... Men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. That's not a passage that is advising on how to pray as far as posture is concerned. You have to lift up your hands. If that's the case, then you have to lift your hands. But that's not what he's talking about. 
Furthermore, he's using the figure of hands. Hands, by the definition, hands are neutral. They are not instruments of wrath all of the time. Sometimes they're instruments for benevolence. But when people get angry, what do they do? They curl up their hands into a fist. They point their fingers. They slap. They hit. They choke. That's what he's saying. And it may be based on the idea that people had done for a long time of offering their hands to the Lord in prayer. But what he's saying is, it's out of place when you're praying and you are angry. That opens the door to Satan and closes the door to prayer. Number six, anger is out of place. When I am inciting someone to be angry. Now, I still believe that it is not possible for you to make me be angry. Yes, you can create a situation that has an initial reaction on my part of anger. But I control it and I will either continue or I will be actually angry or I won't. But notice Ephesians 6 and verse 4 Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. There he is saying that you can make them angry. Because children are immature. They haven't reached the level where they have understood how to control anger. And so on the one hand he's saying, you can incite anger in your children and then that's not right. On the other hand he's also saying, when you know that someone has a propensity to be angry, why would you take advantage of that and pick at them and stir them up, provoking them to anger? It is out of place when I am inciting it in other people. Finally, Anger is out of place when the journey to anger is short. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James 1 and 19. Yes, God did say be angry. He did. And he wants us to be angry. There, there's an anger that comes from God based on righteousness that he expects us to honor. When the Corinthians were caught in sin because they had a man amongst them who was in an improper relationship with a woman, and they were just allowing it to happen. In fact, they were patting themselves on the back saying, look how holy and righteous we are. We can even forgive that. And Paul rebuked them and said, no, you in fact should be angry about that. You should rebuke that. You should chastise that. And that's what God wants us to do. We don't just overlook things. For the text says, the wrath of God, or the wrath of man, does not work the righteousness of God. 
We need to be careful about our anger and overcome it. God wants us to have a righteous indignation against sin. But He wants us to keep it in the proper place. God will handle everything in the end. And when things don't seem to be working like I want to in this country, in this world, in the church, in a family, in my own life, I, God will take care of it. He'll handle it. Let Him take the vengeance. Because He judges it properly and He'll make the right choice. But when I try to take God's place in all of these different ways, these seven that I've given you, is my attempt to take God's place of final judgment. That's when anger opens the door to Satan to sin. Let us be people who are known for being in control of our lives, who are known for being tolerant and forgiving and kind and merciful, but who also stand firmly and squarely on truth, angered by sin, not by sinners. I hope this lesson has helped tonight. I hope it has given you some thoughts about the proper use and the proper understanding of anger. Thank you for joining us tonight. And as we always say, may God bless our nation. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us as we learn how to be angry without sinning. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.